This is Framework Leadership. I'm Kent Engel, and you're listening to Framework Leadership, a podcast about how to bring your personal life organization to the next level. Wow, what a privilege today. I'm sitting down with Bill and Juliana Rancic. Now, Bill and Juliana, are you have to be a power couple for the 21st <laughs> century. And uh, you may remember Bill as the very first winner of, of NBC's The Apprentice, since he has had success as an entrepreneur and motivational speaker. Uh, Juliana is a best-selling author in her own right and co-host of E! News, where she has been correspondent for over 15 years. Bill and Juliana married in 2007. Together, they started a television production company, starred in a reality TV show, opened several restaurants, uh, and most recently created a brand new parenting app called Pear. Mm. Uh, well, it's a pleasure to welcome you, Bill and Juliana, to this podcast. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you having so much. us. Let's start out, uh, uh, you know, with the two. How did you meet? In fact, I, I, I heard you say that it was the start of the unplanned plan. That's right. But how how did you meet, and and what? You know, brought you together. Yeah, you know, I was working at E News, and um, I had just become the anchor of E News, which was a lifelong dream of mine. Having moved to America as a young girl, I never—I didn't speak English when I moved to this country, and I taught myself watching television. So to be able to live out the dream of being an anchor woman, the same person that I learned English from watching the news every night, uh, was you know it was pretty incredible, and it was a dream come true. And uh, I watched the first season of The Apprentice, like many people, which was this new revolutionary reality show, competition show on NBC. And uh, an opportunity came up to interview Bill Rancic, who had won The Apprentice. And since I was such a loyal fan of the show, and I'd been rooting Bill on since the very beginning, I jumped at the opportunity. Uh, but we joke in the newsroom, even to this day, all these years later, that um, that I, you know, they were handing, the, they were actually handing the assignment out to someone else, <laughs> and I <laughs> kind of got in there, elbowed my way in there. Wait, whoa, 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 you know, pulled I, rank. I, I, yeah, I pulled rank. No, but I was just so devoted to the show and excited and I really wanted to meet Bill. I thought I loved the way he played the game. He played the game with such class and he didn't um you know, he he played it with a, a lot of class and and just really just played it the right way, you know. He didn't um in any way uh, like cheat or cut anyone, you know, put anyone down to bring himself up. And I, I really loved watching him. Um, so yeah, so I went and interviewed him and, and it was a great interview and we had a lot of fun. And then we were engaged about uh, eight or nine months later. Yeah, we knew it was meant to be. So now for you, I mean, when you first laid on her, eyes on her, how, how was that? I mean, did, was it a uh, instant? Was it? Gradual? It was instant. You know, I never. Uh, we ne both for both of us. I think we both knew early on because on our second date, we were making plans six, seven months out. You know, I said, "Oh, I'm, I'm going to be speaking in, you know, the San Juan Islands in Washington. Why don't you come with me?" And you know, this was literally our second date. I'd never done that before with anyone I had dated. Um, so we knew, I think, pretty quickly that this was this was meant to be, and we never went on another date with another person after mm -hmm. our first meeting. Mm -hmm. so that, and you've been married now? Uh, coming up on 12 years. 12 years and well. uh, together, what, 13 and yeah, a half 13 or so? Yeah, and a half or so. Yeah. yeah, and it's been great. Yeah, it's been great. Now, when you look at your, your both of you, you're both, both best-selling authors, successful entrepreneurs, television personalities, how do, you, how do you balance your marriage? How do you balance home life uh, with Duke and, and, yeah. and, you know, with two demanding careers like this? Well, we have, we have one rule that we never break, and that's family first. Mm -hmm. So um, 
it's not negotiated. It's never compromised. It's family first, and and then everything else falls into place. So that's the simple answer. Um, and but I think for us, you know, look, things are going to come up, right? Where you have to work and you have to travel, and so we always make sure that one of us is home or Duke is traveling with us. Um, so we try to work our schedules out way in advance to make that happen, to make sure someone's at home with Duke um, and that he has that parent there. Um, the other thing too, though, is, you know, it's the, the idea of this question of balance comes up a lot. And um, for, for me personally, when I'm at work, I give work 100%. And I'm very focused at work. So I don't, obviously, if there's an emergency or a family issue comes up, of course, that takes precedence. But overall, at work, I'm very focused. I'm not, trust me, there are times I want to get on the phone with a girlfriend and talk about something that <laughs> happened the other day or my mom, um, you know, or be online doing a little shopping, catching up on sure. something that I haven't been able to catch up on in my personal life. But I don't do that. I truly focus. I'm so, and they say it at work all the time. They're like, you're so, you can multitask and do so many things at work at once. And I'm just like in work mode. That way, when I go home at night, I don't feel guilty that I'm leaving my work behind. I'm at home and I'm present. I put the phone down. Unless there's an emergency, I'm not, I'm not working. And then I spend a hundred, I, I, you know, then the focus goes to my family and a hundred percent of the focus is on family. And I don't feel that guilt of, because I, at work I was so focused. So I'm not like, oh no, I really should sneak away and answer those emails I didn't get to at work. Um, and so I think that's really important is whatever you're doing, give it a hundred percent. That way you don't feel torn. And I think so many of us give things 80%, 70% and we're never really feeling balanced. So it's, you know, there's no real answer, but I think the, the best thing that's worked for me so far is kind of that 100% rule. Yeah, that's good. Now, um, amidst all these great successes that, that both of you you have, neither of you are strangers to adversity. I mean, your journey together uh, to uh, start a family um, and infertility and, and, and you share that. And then, of course, your diagnosis with breast cancer. Mm. Um, how do you how do you face adversity in the way that you can cement your relationship together on that journey of adversity? Well, I mean, I, I think you know, um, real leadership or, or real courage is when you get knocked down, right? You know, I mean, I think that's and, and it's how you react to that situation when you're down on the ground. And you know, when we were going through our different trials, we, you know, we, we either said, you know, fear or faith. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was kind of our motto. And we chose faith and we knew that, um, that we were going to get through it and we were going to get through it together. And, you know, I think as I mentioned earlier today, you know, when, when you go through difficult situations, it turns the volume down on the things that don't really matter. Right. Um, and you know, our lives, we don't have petty fights. We don't have, you know, I see other couples and things that are causing tension or stress in the relationship, we don't have because we address it. Yeah. Of, like in a, yeah, don't you think though? Cause we communicate it. Like, correct. Yeah. Yeah. We don't let things um, escalate, you know, mm -hmm. because we know that we went through some pretty difficult things and, and these little petty scenarios that come up aren't that difficult. But Bill really set the tone very early in our relationship. One of our, it was probably our first, 
argument mm-hmm. as a couple. I think it was about thank, like where we were going for Thanksgiving. My it wasn't even a real his. argument. My family yeah. or his family <laughs> for Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was like our first Thanksgiving yeah. as a married couple. Yeah, and that is a big decision. Because it's like, are we going to do everything with your family? What about my family? <laughs> you know, and, um, and I remember that argument and um you know and it was like that moment of where like for hours we weren't talking and mm. i'll never forget we were supposed to go to a movie that night and bill went alone you know you know it's bad first time i ever went to see a movie by myself alone to the movie. actually wasn't bad hey <laughs> uh, but i remember bill coming home that night and and he looks at me and he goes so you know are we ever going to talk about this and i said well i, I have nothing to say bill you mm. know and he goes well we're gonna to have to figure it out because you're stuck with me for the rest of your life. And the, that those words were so powerful um, in that moment and continue to be for me because it's funny, anytime Bill and I have a moment, I just, you know, where it's like, could turn into an argument. We say that to each other or we think of it. And it's like, when you know that, nothing is too big. Like right. you will figure right. it out. You have to figure it out. And so it kind of turns the volume down on, the things that don't really matter that you think matter and you go, you know what, let's just figure this out because we're together forever. I think so much of the strain in a relationship can be caused by insecurity and feeling like, you know, what if something goes wrong? What if this person leaves me or what if I don't want to be with them anymore? And I think that if you just keep reassuring each other, I think it's important to do that. And so many people think that, oh, well, we're married. We've been married 15 years, 20 years. She knows I love her. He knows I love him. But we want to hear it. And I think that it's 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 a, it's a good to keep checking in. You know, Bill and I do something called checking in. We check in with each other. Just every once in a while, we'll say, hey, just checking in. And we know exactly what that means. How, how Like, is everything okay? And that's the time to say, like, you know what? I have been feeling this way lately or that way. And I think it's just good to check in once in a while. Sometimes it's, it's everything's great. Let's right, go have, right. you know, let's go have dinner. Or let's it, go have a glass of wine. And it's also a time to reinforce the positive mm. in, in the in the relationship. Like, God, you know, I really liked it when you, you brought me coffee in bed the other day. You know, so nine years ago, she said that. So every morning mm-hmm. I go out and get coffee and I bring oh, it home. And because she had, you know, in our check-in session, she had, you know, reinforced the positive things that I was doing. And I think a lot of couples... Um, we're probably getting off topic here, but a lot of couples, they just focus on the negative and what you're not doing and, right, you know, you right, don't do this, right, you don't do that, right. but, you know, take the time and say, yeah. well, I really liked it when you did that or God, positive. that really inspired me when you were doing this. So, um, you know, for us, that it's works. True. And, that positive and reinforcement. works for other couples. That positive reinforcement is really yeah. important. And I do think that it's so true. Like, and it's funny. So that act that, that what I told him that years ago about the coffee, mm-hmm. right? It sounds so little, mm-hmm. um, he, you know, does that every morning. He truly does. I wake up and there's there this, is. you know, hot cup oh, of coffee. Mm-hmm. And that right there on the nights that I'm tired or what, whatever it is, I'm in a mood or, and let's say Bill says, oh, honey, you know, my neck hurts a little bit. I should get this checked off. Even no matter how tired I am, I'll say, you know what, let me, let me, let me check it out. Let me give you a massage. Let me, you know, because I know he does it for me. Mm-hmm. And it's that act every day cements it in my mind that, reciprocate, you know, always be there for him too, because he does little things for you, do little things for him. And I think that that's how you continue to nurture and, and make sure that the relationship is strong. You you mentioned uh, in, in your earlier session here at the forum, you talked about how important it is to have empathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that's something that, that I really uh, try to practice a lot. And, and I think a lot of people 
misunderstand the term empathy. You know, they think empathy is, oh, I'm, I, you feel sorry for somebody, you know, oh, you know, you're, you're, you're sad for them or whatever the case may be. And, and I think empathy um, in business and in leadership is really truly about being able to see the world from uh, other people's perspective and not just your own. It's being able to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes and, and seeing what they go through. And, and it's a very useful tool in business and in leadership because um, you're able to see what people need, what, what is causing them problems, and you're able to give them solutions. And I always use the example of Amazon. You know, they realize through empathy and through seeing the world through their customers' eyes what the needs are, what is their pain point. And they're able to do it in a way where they make people's lives easier and they do it in a very profitable way. Um, and I, I think, you know, that's a great example of it. Um, I think a lot of us only see the world through our eyes. And, and that's uh, mm-hmm. unfortunate because we're not able to um, get a 360 view on what's happening out there. So um, I think empathy is very important. Um, and that's something that we've practiced now for many years. Um the way we see it, not just yeah. feeling sorry for people. And and knowing that, you know, I always think this, like, when I walk down the street, whether even like <clears throat> last night we were in an, um, uh, an Uber mm-hmm. and we're in the back and I love, talk, you know, some people like to sit in the Uber and be quiet and like just think or text or whatever. And I love to ask questions. Maybe it's the interviewer in me, mm-hmm. but I always think like, and by the end of the ride, I always go, see, that's why I ask the questions because everyone has a story and chances are, it's a dang good story. Right, right. And it's amazing what you learn when you just ask questions. And it's amazing how you can learn about a life or a world that you know nothing about. And that creates empathy as well. And like Bill was saying, seeing through the, just seeing life through the eyes of someone else and what other people are going through. And sometimes it's a five minute car ride that can open your heart and your mind to so much. You just have to be present. And, and sometimes it's just a chat at a coffee shop with the person behind the counter. Um, it's anything, you know, and I always make sure when I walk down a hall, whoever's walking on the other side, I smile and say hello. And no matter who it is, what it is. And I think that that's just so important. That's just the way we connect. And it's the easiest way to keep this world connected. You know, we have to see each other and, and say hello to each other, you know, and I think that those little acts and that person will say hello to the next person. And, you know, I think that that's just very important. And there's no doubt. I mean, you both demonstrate empathy in pretty powerful ways. The way you care, the way you, uh, the perspective that you have with, with other people's circumstances and lives. So that's why you're both quite involved in a lot of charitable mm-hmm. uh, work. And, and Juliana, you even refer to yourself in the midst of that as a passionita, passionista. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> passionista. Uh, so what does that what does that actually mean and as you think about you know, that? I'm and- definitely passionate about life and I um you know it's it's so hard these days. Um, you know, everyone's being pulled in so many directions. Men, women, children are being pulled in so many directions with obviously social media and um, being exposed to things that we were never exposed to as children. And um, it's just tough. And as we know, the anxiety levels are high and, and depression. And um, so for me, yeah, I, I try to find the happiness and everything, the beauty and everything. It's not always easy. Um, just like anyone else, there are those moments every day of um, like sudden fear, whatever it is, panic or um, being anxious about something. But what I try to do is, and we've talked about this quite a bit, you know, when that comes up, so much of that feeling of being anxious about something or having that anxiety is the unknown. 
Right. And, and really, and, and that will keeps, it keeps eating at you and, and, you know, and, and that's where kind of that feeling in your stomach and throughout your body comes from is a lot of it is that unknown or the fear of what's going to happen. And so what I try to do there is like, I'll try to go to the worst case scenario. So what's the worst case scenario that can happen based on this incident? Okay. I'll look at that. And I'll think, how would I handle that if that happened right now? What would I do if the worst case scenario happened right now? I come up with a plan and then I let go and I let it go and I go, okay, because chances are that worst case isn't going to happen, you know, in a lot of situations, but it's that fear, right, Bill? Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this and it's like, that is not easy to do. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. I try to do, and it doesn't apply to every situation. But I think that um, that what it allows me to do is releasing that allows this other area to open up and then the goodness comes in and I'm able to just like enjoy the beautiful things in life and not get caught up in that one thing that when I look back at my life, I go, all that stuff never even happened, Mm -hmm. you know, so. I, I think that that's why a lot of people will say to me, like, you're really positive mm-hmm. and you always see the good. And I've, but that's training. It's years of training mm-hmm. and really working at that. And I think we're capable of it. Um, but like I said, it's, it's not in every situation, but at the same time, it, it, de- it definitely helps you stay more positive than before. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, moving on to some of your more recent collaborations, how, how did you come up with the idea for the pair app? Yeah. So, Really just, you know, parents who needed answers. You know, it was interesting. We talked about this today on stage because there's so many leader, business leaders in the audience or people that are looking to get in the business world or go to the next level in the business world. And when we really look at the things we're involved in, all the businesses we're involved in really came out of a a need we had. (laughs) A need we had. So whether it's parenting advice and going, I mean, that's really where that came. Oh, you know, I have all these questions. I'm on the internet, but like, who do I trust? What do I do? I wish there was an app for this. You know, that's kind of where that came from. Um, But really everything, so much of what we do, you know, like the, I was talking about this on stage. I just came out with a skincare line and that came from having Mm -hmm. breast cancer and looking for clean products and finding clean products but they weren't really doing anything as I was entering my 40s and had the fine lines and the things that, you know, the the areas that I was looking for skincare to help out in. Um, so I would find clean products, but they weren't that effective. Um, and then all the effective ones weren't clean. So woke up one day and went, okay, I never wanted to get into the skincare business, but <laughs> hey, I have this idea. And that's how Fountain of Truth came about, which is my skincare line. And um, so it's a truthful skincare line. But always looking at those. So whether it's pear, whether it's that, it's, it really comes from a place of necessity. And, it's also and an example of ourselves. empathy, using empathy in right. business because <clears> we're, we're seeing the world for, through other people's eyes. And we created a, a, a restaurant group, you know, we're creating these restaurants because people want, they wanted this in, whether it was in DC where we have restaurants or Chicago or the Prosecco, we couldn't find a Prosecco that we liked. An and attainable luxury. An attainable luxury, yeah. And, and that's the other thing we always try to do. We try to make everything um, attainable luxury. So if you come into the RPM Italian, you can get a bowl of pasta for $10.95. You can also get a bottle of wine for $600 or, you know what I mean? So you have that option. Julianne has a clothing line and, you know, you can buy a pair of jeans for $39 and it's the same denim that you would spend $250 Mm -hmm. on at a, a, you know, boutique store. So 
Um, we definitely are aware of that. And again, em- you know, using empathy in business um, and finding those needs that are out there. And that's how Bill and I are. That's how we shop and feel like mm-hmm. I, I want to go to that restaurant that gives me that $600 experience, but not pay $600, sure, you know, exactly. so it's nice to be able to some people are paying it, some aren't. And I think that's great, you know, and so it's that idea of exactly as Bill was saying, the attainable luxury. How has how your uh, role as parents influenced or enhanced your, your roles as leaders? in business and, yeah. and, and in the entertainment industry. Hmm. Well, you know, I think Julian always says, you know, when we had our son, it unlocked a chamber in our hearts that we didn't know we had. Hmm. Um, and it, it's, it's definitely, uh, changed the way we lead. You know, I think in, from a business perspective, um, we're probably a little more cautious, um, you know, because we don't want to have any career ending injuries. You know what I mean? As far as, um, taking too much risk, um, we limit, I think, probably our travel a little bit just because, you know, one of us is always with him typically. Um, so I think we, we've definitely adjusted. Um, yeah, but not in a tremendous amount no, of ways, say, having way. Duke in any way, because we were pretty conservative before, too. Yes, that's true. With the amount of risk we took in business or whatever it was. So, and Duke's with us a lot. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. I don't think it's really changed us that much um we're fortunate because we don't have nine to five jobs so to speak so i mean we're with him a lot like probably more than most parents and and he gets to you know he gets to live a pretty unique life because he he gets to travel and and he he's around a lot of adults um so you know he's definitely lived a uh, probably a much different life life. than most six-year-olds you know what i mean um which we're fortunate that you know he can share in that and, and watch us because you know, I think you learn a lot by example. And, you know, if, you, if, you, if he sees us doing it and the way we treat people and the way we, you know, operate, um, you know, hopefully that will be passed on to him. Yeah, that's one thing to note real quick is something that we maybe has changed or something we learned about parenting that we never kind of indirectly learned this. But, um, you know, with Duke, we, of course, every parent has to have those moments where you sit down with your child and explain things and have those conversations. But... Um, we tend to, we have kind of this, um, we, we realize exactly what we're doing. Yeah. We'll have a lot of conversations or set example by just with he, each he, other. He's listening that he, to everything. He's listening. We yeah. know kids listen yeah. to everything, everything right? right? They listen exactly. to everything. So what we like to do is we know he's listening. And so we get the message in while he doesn't think we know he's listening. So we're talking to each other about something happening in the world or some, or, Hey, you know, Bill, I was at work today and the nice, this person did such a nice thing for someone. And I'll tell this story and Duke's over there kind of listening. And it's interesting by the end of the conversation, Duke will go, and then what did the person do, mommy? And I think that is very powerful, you know, that it doesn't always have to be the one-on-one lecture. Sometimes that's the one where they just like tune out and they're not listening to a thing you're saying. But we really try to lead by, truly lead by example, meaning not that conversation but with him, but more with each other mm-hmm. and showing him, you know, it's one thing to tell your kid, make sure you say thank you, make sure you say hello to this person, but are you doing it right, every right. single mm-hmm. time? That's and good. you, ha- we, we do it every that single time. Every restaurant I'm at, if you and I are in a deep conversation, someone gives me a glass of water, someone hands me a napkin, I thank you so much. And I sincerely, I look them and I thank you very much. And you, you know, it's just kindness. It, it doesn't take, you know, any time. And, and my son is sitting there and he sees us all the time engaging and saying thank you, 
you know, appreciate it, you know, well, and, you, and, and I think that's important. You can tell a lot about a person by the way they treat people who can't do anything for them in return. Mm. And, you know, I, I fly a lot and I, I always size people up by the way they treat the flight attendants. Wow. And, you know, I instantly can tell their character. Because especially it's Instantly. a stressful situation yeah, being sure. on a plane sure, right. for a lot exactly. of people. And I, exactly. you know, I, I can. And it's almost like when you walk into a plane, right? People think like it's um, licensed to just be in a bad mood a little bit because, yeah. hey, everyone's in a bad right. mood, right? <laughs> I mean, you're in this yeah. plane, there's probably a delay, we're all smushed together. Yep. But can you just find that moment to like be, you know, hi, how are you to the person next to you? Or like, oh, you know, just a little, like not, you know, you don't have to talk their ear off necessarily, but just like a acknowledgement, mm -hmm. you know, hi, how are right. you? You know, or, or do you have to go to the bathroom? Like, let me stand up and not, you know, people, oh, I have to stand up, you know, right, it's like, exactly. or, and the flight attendant, oh, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't care who is, you know, what the situation is, how the, along the delay is just kindness to everyone is yeah. is so important. Uh, one final question before we move into the quick fire round here. Um, you, both of you are, I mean, you're self-made uh, successful people. And here at, at Southeastern, we, we have the privilege to come alongside these incredible students. Uh, and the phrase we use, helping them to discover their divine design. Mm -hmm. uh, so they can go out and they can serve. And so many, you hear their stories, they're, their dreams, what they want. What what would be your advice to those students as they begin, uh, you know, their journey uh, of obtaining their destiny? You know, I always believe that the sincere seeker will find the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and you may not know what your design, your divine design is, um, but you can always reverse engineer. And, and you know, I say, figure out what you don't want to do, right? Um, and <laughs> that sometimes will lead you to what you were hmm. meant to do. Um, and you know, with our son, for example, like we were trying to find a school and, and for us, it was important that we didn't put him in a school that was going to, um, make him the man that they thought he should be. I wanted to find a school that was going to make him the man he was meant to be mm. and bring that out. Um, so for me, you know, I was able to reverse engineer and I looked at a lot of different things and I tried a lot of different things and I failed and I got kicked down and, um, prayed a lot and, and, and definitely thought about it. And, and it kind of led me to what I was meant to do. Um, but a lot of twists and turns and, you know, a lot of times questioning what I was doing. Um, but I, I was able to use the process of elimination. For me, um, you know, I, my, a piece of advice would be, you know, we always hear, um, try to do what you love, right? What you love. Um, or, you know, I think a lot of people will go, okay, I'm going to, I want to pick a business that's very lucrative or I'm going to make a lot of money. And, um, you know, sometimes people will try to steer young people in that direction. Oh, well, you know, you want to make a lot of money or this is a, a very lucrative business over here. But I think, you know, really looking at what are you really good at? Like what comes naturally to you? And I think if you're able to create a life or a career out of what you're just really naturally good at and interested in, I think is a winner because for instance, I like to do a lot of things. I love singing, but I'm not a good singer. You know? so, <laughs> so I kind of said, okay, well, I'll never be the best singer. Um, but you know what? I'm a really good communicator. I love talking to people and I love asking them questions. And I remember at a young age going, I want a job where I talk to people about their lives. And I want, I'm very interested in people's lives and I love sharing people's stories. So I made an entire career out of that. And every day is fun. 
And I love it. And it's not hard. You know, people will say to me, how do you do the red carpet? How do you remember all those names? And how do you talk to all these people? And I go, it's so easy to me. Well, you're, you're, you do a lot of preparation, though. You're very thorough. You do a lot of homework. I mean, you I do. thank you. No, thank yeah. you. I mean, I, you're I, a hard worker. So it's easy to you, but you, it's not like. I do put in the yeah. time. But but my point is, it's a lot easier to me than prep, preparing for something that I know that doesn't come naturally to me that I don't know anything about. That, you know, that would be daunting. But for me, even when I'm doing the preparation research, I love doing the preparation and research yeah. because it's what. It's, it's, it's easy to me. And I think that that's one message to young people is like, what, you know, is there something that you just feel like, huh, my friends always tell me I'm really good at this or God, I've never even thought that I have this talent that I could, and, and could you create a career out of that talent or that skill you have? And I think trying to explore that and really giving that a good amount of time and exploration will, will serve people. Great wisdom. Three quick questions. Now, I asked you these questions uh, when we had the podcast uh, last year. <laughs> so you know them, but I'm going to ask them as a couple. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask okay, them okay, as good. a the couple. couple's yes, edition. Yes, a couple's answer. <laughs> okay. So here's, here's the first one. You are mandated as a couple to have a perfect day off. What does that look like? Definitely going to be on our boat. A beach. Uh, I was going to yeah, say water. Sure. Surrounded by water. Surrounded by water. And that, sun. That, that's, that's where it's definitely going to begin. Um, and yeah, with Duke um, and, and a, our friends, you know, and I mean, a nice dinner and a nice dinner. Yeah. Maybe a hike. But I love, I mean, <laughs> the one thing I love is, is we have a little uh, cabin and uh, we live on a lake and I love getting In people the out there and wake surfing and teaching them how to, how to, you know, slalom ski and whatever the case may be. Um, we, we definitely have a good time doing that and, and letting people have a good time. You know, yeah. that, that gives us joy. You know, if you want to smile, make someone else smile. Um, so we love we the love water. That. We love, yeah, and we love, our son loves it, and he's throwing the rope out there. He's a good helper, you know. <laughs> so, so, yeah, be, definitely being on a boat a surrounded by me. water Great in the weather. sun. Yeah, that sounds And so a nice fun. romantic dinner at the end of the I'll night. I'll cook it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, uh, Juliana, you've interviewed a lot of people, but what about, what, what historical leader maybe has already passed away or is still living that you would just love to sit down with as a couple and have a cup of coffee? Oh, there's so many. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think. Um, I got to meet someone who I, I loved it. Um, years ago, I, I was invited to go speak in Kuala Lumpur mm. at a, a global leadership conference. And um, I went with Neil Armstrong. Oh, wow. And I, I'm a huge aviation fan. You know, I created the, a show called Airplane Repo for Discovery Channel. I love planes. I love flying. Uh, so I got to spend three days uh, with Neil Armstrong. And we'd go to dinner at night. And I mean, it was just like, wow. here I am. And it was surreal because I'm sitting across the dinner table and my kids, kids, kids will be reading about this man one day. Right. And here we are sharing meals right. together. And it was just like, he was, he's a great leader. He was just a kind man. Um, it, you know, and I read about him and I watched the movie and, you know, it was just, for me, it was really a, a kind of a, a, a surreal experience. Gosh, there's so many. I mean, but I would have to say if there could be someone who's passed that I could sit and talk to would be my grandmother. Mm -hmm. um, my grandmother, Maria, you know, I was telling you earlier <laughs> that I'm from Naples, Italy. And my grandmother, when my grandfather passed away when I was a little girl. My grandmother moved to America and lived with us. And um, she and I shared a room. And I had hmm. two little twin beds in the room. And she and I each had a, a bed. And my grandmother... In, when I was a young girl, taught me how to pray. 
And I remember being in that room with her and praying with her in her rosary. And um, so, you know, I, I wish I had asked her more questions. You know, you think about as a child, you just, you know, and even with our own kids, we're always like, trust me, you'll want to have spent this time with grandma. And, but you don't know as a kid, right? And to be able to go back and ask her all these questions that I have and just spend more time with her and not just see it in pictures and those few memories I have would be, would be incredible. One final question. What's your next big dream together? Dream together? Yeah. I mean, I know, I'm trying to think. I think it's making sure we raise a good son. I mean, that's my dream, making sure that we give him the tools he needs and, um, you know, the environment to, to be a good man and to be a, a good person and kind. And every night we pray together and, and we always say, you know, dear Lord, uh, you know, may my eyes see you and my ears hear you and please help me be the best man I can be. May I be kind and loving and generous, generous. and compassionate. Oh, wow. yeah. and, and he so, says it every night with us. That's you know? So yeah. that's my dream. I'm sure yours is probably. My, my dream, honestly, is we're, I'm living it right now. This is it. And I always tell Bill, this is as good as it gets. Yeah, um, we're in love. We're healthy. We have a healthy child. Yeah. We're, you know, in, in, we're doing work we love. Yeah. It doesn't get better than this. It doesn't really. And and the you know so this is it. We're living our dream, and I I couldn't be happier. I could not ask for more. Yeah, me neither. I could, and I, I don't agree. ask for more. My life has exceeded my dreams. I mean, mm. No question. Yeah. Bill and Juliana, thank you for joining me today. Thank, thank you for you. having us. Great Always conversation. For more on Bill and Juliana Rancic, you can find them on Twitter at Bill Rancic and at Juliana Rancic. Thanks for joining us on Framework Leadership. Today. Thank you. To connect with Kent, visit kentingle.com. Also make sure to follow him on Twitter at Kent Ingle and on Facebook at Kent.ingle. Thanks for listening to Framework Leadership.